Hi, I'm Molly, and you're listening to the Mind Matters podcast. I have a thing called misophonia, which means I have a strong reaction to certain sounds. Not many people know what it is, and sometimes that makes it harder. My younger sister has OCD, and lots of people misunderstand what that means for her. That's why I've made this podcast, to help people learn more about some commonly misunderstood or little-known disorders, so that we can all live life with a little more empathy. It's often a person that we have a strong emotional connection to that triggers us the most. Today, I'll be speaking with Kat Outwin, a behavioural therapist about misophonia. So, what actually is misophonia? And what's happening in the brain? So, misophonia is when somebody has a strong emotional and physical reaction to a specific sound and usually a specific person. So it can be, so it could be, say, mum is chewing gum Mm -hmm. in the car. But it could also be everybody in the entire world chewing gum will give them this strong emotional, physical reaction that they'll react to. And the emotion is usually uh, rage, anger. They go into fight or flight. So the brain, our lizard brain that keeps us alive, that we've had for a long time, that part of our brain goes into fight or flight mode. And the hormone adrenaline is released. And the person with meso that's triggered can go into fight or flight. So they can, that can be um, presented as raging out, angry, yelling, screaming, um, or it can be crying um, sometimes as well. It can just be starting to cry. It can be fleeing, it can be leaving the room as soon as they can, running out of the room, slamming the door. So different people react in different ways, but there's always that within one, two seconds, the strong emotional response. Mm. Okay. Um, Why is misophonia not so well known? Well, that's a really good question. I really wish it was. I think part of the reason is that psychiatrists and psychologists use a manual called the DSM manual, and it's sort of like the Bible, and it's what they use to diagnose conditions. And mesophonia is not in that, and there's a latest release of it called DSM-5, and it's still not in there. So I think that's part of the main part of the problem. And a lot of people are very embarrassed, self-conscious about having the disorder, Uh, So they don't tend to talk about it with other people, whereas opposed to if they had a disorder like um, ADHD, for example, they may be more open to talking about it. Mm -hmm. Are there any theories on what causes misophonia? There are some theories. There definitely seems to be a little bit of a genetic inherited quality to it. They have found one genetic mutation, but there needs to be more studies around that. But mainly it's just a brain structure difference between people with meso and not and how they process sound. They've done brain scans where they can see that 
emotional center lights up very brightly on the brain screen compared to um, other people in response to sounds. But there definitely needs to be some more research around what causes it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a particular age group that people most commonly get misophonia? Yes, definitely. Nearly all my clients get it around the age of 11 and 12, but I usually get to see them when they're about 14. (laughs) So I'd love to see them earlier. The earlier I can see them, the better, because it is one of those disorders that the less you're exposed, less time you're exposed to that trigger, the slower the disorder will progress. Do many people come to see you with no idea that misophonia is what they are dealing with? No, they've nearly always Googled it. They've nearly always gone into Google search and gone, why do I have such a, uh, why do I rage out when my class, you know, when the student next to me chews gum, something like that, or when my dad taps the steering wheel loudly, or, you know, they usually go into Google search, they've looked up the word and they contact me and say, I think I've got mesophonia or I think my daughter or my son has meso. Hmm. Are there ways you can control your emotions when you hear your triggering sound? You can definitely put time into practicing that. It it is very hard and it it takes a lot of commitment and a lot of practice, but more it's around the treatments, more around uh, managing the condition. So there are a lot of different ways that we can manage the condition and um, deal with it in our lives. So right from talking to that part of our lizard brain and we can mask the sound. So noise-cancelling headphones are the mesophonic person's um, best friend and everybody that has meso should probably get some kind of noise-cancelling headphones to help them or earpods. Also foam earplugs, really useful hiding them under your hair if you can, you know, some skin-coloured ones in some situations. Uh, They're really good. There's some earplugs called Armour that some of my clients uh, like. Um, So you can learn some behavioural techniques and skills around managing the condition and around how you express those emotions and behaviour. It really is a matter of having really good communication, nice open conversations with family members and your close friends, also communicating with school around what you need and, say, agreeing with in your family what is acceptable. So is it acceptable when someone triggers you for you to just just put up your hand, for example, and say, stop? Is that okay? You're allowed to say, shut up. Are you allowed to um, you know, put your fingers in your ears? Are you allowed to leave the room and just calm down? So having some rules around what you can say and what you can do, um, or if just saying the word trigger, trigger, and then that person knows and we can say, well, what's the trigger now? What, what do you want me to do? So it's a really good, lots of good communication. Telling the school what you need is, is really important as well. That's very helpful. Something that I have noticed as someone with misophonia is that when I make certain noises, I don't react. But when somebody else makes those noises, I do. Do you know why that is? Yes, because it is definitely related to 
other people and the fact that you can't control the sounds those people make in the world. You can control your own sounds, but you can't control other people and you can't control all the sounds in the world other than putting on noise cancelling headphones. So that's why there are, have come across a couple of clients where they're adults and they've got very severe meso who are triggered by their eating, unfortunately. Mm. Another thing I've noticed is that some people trigger me more than others trigger me. Do you know why that is? That's a really interesting, isn't it, how that happens? And it's often the person that we have a strong emotional connection to, so mum or dad or maybe an older sister or brother, uh, that triggers us the most. The time that we've spent eating our meals with them is very relevant, so it is a time thing, but also there's that emotional connection. So we have higher expectations from our family around them behaving in a certain way, shall we say, than we would of other people. So we're, we're less tolerant of mum or dad um, eating with their mouth open in front of us than we are of just the general public people that we don't have a connection to. That seems to be the reason. Mm. Yes, that makes total sense. Is misophonia just hearing noises, or can it also be people seeing those things? Absolutely. There's a sister condition called mesokinesia, which I come across a lot. Nearly all my misophonia clients have some kind of mesokinesia trigger which is movement. So it's that strong emotional, physical reaction to somebody in their life moving. Now, it might be what I'm doing right now, which is jiggling my leg. (laughs) So that may trigger somebody, but it can also be in the car with Dad and he's tapping the steering wheel, so his finger tapping. It can be the student next to you clicking their pen, but it can be the movement of it. So there is um, a place for discussions around that and masking it with long hair or a, you know, bucket hat, a cap, uh, turning away from the trigger, the movement trigger. But yeah, there's a strong cor- um, correlation. The other thing that's quite interesting is that they say about 24% of people with mesokinesia have some kind of obsessive compulsive disorder. So they have some kind of OCD, whether it's around you know tidiness, for example, they may rage out at dishes, dirty dishes being left in the sink, you know, more than the um, another person might. And they also seem to have a lot of some other sensory challenges, like they may have a really strong emotional reaction to the feel of sand under their feet or wearing a woolen jumper, for example. There are there's some sensory challenges seem to be related, yeah. Okay, um, that's interesting. How common is misophonia? Well, we really don't know. I think it's a lot more common than we think about, talk about, hear about, but we just really don't know because I would, such a high proportion of people with it are secretive about it. They need, they want to hide it. They choose to hide it from other people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can't really answer that, unfortunately, but I can tell you that I get contacted by a lot of um, people, nearly all teenagers, with wanting some help with a condition. 
Do you have any advice for those listening who have misophonia? Definitely go out and get some noise cancelling headphones or earpods, foam earplugs. If you like mimicking the sound, if that's helpful, carry the noisiest Doritos little bag of, you know, corn chips, because mimicking can be very useful um, for some people. So you have a little toolkit that you uh, carry around. If you're going out for to a cafe or some kind of social event where there's going to be eating and you know you're probably going to be triggered by somebody, try to prepare as much as you can in advance. If you have got the option to choose the cafe, then choose the cafe. Choose where you sit in the cafe. So sit near the door, sit near the bathroom. So if you need to get up and get out of that situation quickly, you can. If you like background music, if that helps you, then choose a noisy cafe or not. You know, choose to sit outside if you want, if that's helpful. So sort of have some, you know, control what you can, but definitely have those open conversations with your family members around what's helpful and what is acceptable. Ask them to tell you, you know, ask them to ask you questions if that's okay with you. Talk to school. Kind of be proactive really and choose who you want to talk to about it. Thanks so much for your time, Kat. That was behavioural therapist Kat Outwin speaking to us about misophonia. As someone with misophonia, I have learnt a lot. I hope this episode has helped you too, whether you have misophonia, you know someone with it, or are just interested in learning more. In my next episode, I will be discussing my own misophonia with my mum and how it affects me and my family. I hope you'll tune in.